Hello, everybody. This is Taina Katola, and this is the series of the romantic relationships between the sun signs. And this is my first recording about the romantic relationships between the sun signs, and I drew lots in order to determine which signs I was going to be covering, and I came up with Cancer and Cancer. And in future, I will go according to first come, first served requests. So unless there's already 78 videos up, put your requests in, please, uh, through the Facebook page or leave a comment. And once we are up with Patreon, Patreon supporters get first dibs on what videos they would like us to make. So it's important to be aware that this is third stage astrology. This is not going to be a normal, ordinary video about cancers and how they get along in relationships because there are three stages to each sign and each stage is a completely different personality type. So we have very different dynamics there. I would recommend listening to or watching the episode about the three stages of cancer if you haven't done so already because that will give you additional information about this. I'm going to start talking about what it, what a romantic relationship between two first stage cancers is like. Most romantic relationships happen between people in the same stage, but there are exceptions to that. And I will then, after I've gone through the different romantic relationships of people at the same stage, I'm going to talk about people when they are not, when they are in different stages. And I call that crossing the affinity barrier because we have a natural affinity to not most of the time to be attracted to people in the same stage as ourselves but sometimes there's something to gain from people who are in different stages or some reason within ourselves why we choose to become involved with people at a different stage so i will get into that after i've done the basics on the on the same stage so first stage cancers there probably won't be too many first stage cancers watching this because they're just kind of happy living their lives but first stage cancer, the entire purpose is essentially to create, raise, build a family, a happy functional family. And two first stage cancers will often do this together. It's a very, very common experience. Sometimes there's other signs or other stages of other signs that are compatible with the goals of a, of a first stage cancer. So not every first stage cancerian is going to be with another first stage cancerian. But the way to determine whether or not people are in first stage cancer who find each other, first of all, is to look at the bigger picture of their family life. So first stage cancerians themselves are born into happy, functional, fulfilling family life. And they're naturally, it's natural and easy for them to go out and create the same for themselves. I remember quite a few years ago, I was with a group of people heading to a large event and we picked up a hitchhiker. And as we talked to him, he was a cancer. He was 16 years old, and he was going to that event to find his future wife. He was part of a family, very, very happy family, and back through the generations, they'd all married young, and they'd all had wonderful families. And he just knew he was going to go find his wife. That's what he was going to go do. And later on, we saw him at the event with this girl who just looked like they, they looked physically so perfectly matched same height, very, you know, very similar but complimentary looks. They seem to just be getting along beautifully. I never went over and talked to him to ask, what sign are you, the girl? But it was very obvious this was a first-stage cancer. He was definitely going to get his partner. Many first-stage cancerians do this. They actually know where to find their partner intuitively. There's this homing signal that goes off. I knew another one, and she and her husband actually came from two separate countries, but they both went to a third country 
with the goal and the knowledge that they were going to find their mate. So this is, you know, this is what this is what a lot of them do. So that's that's an, it's it's a it's interesting because first stage cancer being so focused on the children and on building a family, they they bypass a lot of the negative dynamics that people experience in romantic relationships, which are just based on personal fulfillment and personal development. Not that those are wrong or bad or negative, they're just sometimes more challenging because both partners are more focused on the children. Any of the in interpersonal conflicts become lessened because they're always putting them aside in order to attend to the, the, this, you know, what's the higher value for them of, of having family. So it's quite fascinating that way. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything else with, with that. Oh, um, same-sex couples can be first-stage cancerians, but the same rule applies. So they're unlikely to have family that is unsupportive of their sexual preference. They're going to have supportive extended family members. And, you know, a gay male couple would either get a surrogate mother or adopt a child. And again, this child would come in. And unless they're in the later part of first-stage cancer, be very, you know, they'd be able to have a very functional experience building a family. So there isn't too much more to say about that. It's a pretty positive, amazing experience. Of course, once they start to get towards the end of first stage cancer, it's time for them to grow beyond just being focused on family. Now, a couple who are in first stage cancer together and are listening to this or watching this, they can if they're starting to if they're starting to experience signs that the end of first stage cancer is coming together they can crossroad now what crossroading means is it means going from first stage to third stage because in every sign second stage is when there's a lot of subconscious patterns running the show we're not consciously in control of our life experience there's a lot of painful experiences for most signs in second stage you deepen a lot, but it's, it's messy. So when we get to the end of first stage, we all have an opportunity to go straight from first stage to third stage, which were the real bigger, larger, higher spiritual experience and purpose of the sign is expressed. So a couple at the end of first stage cancer can support one another in cross-roading towards third stage. So what would be some of the signs that a person is, or a couple, because you, you know, we, if we're at similar stages of development, we're, we're going to reach that transformation point at a pretty similar times. So a couple or an individual are getting close to the end of first stage. They're starting to feel restless about just being parents, just building family or grandparents or wherever they're at in their stage of development. That's a common experience, but they don't want to feel that way. So there's the tendency to just say, well, you know, that's just life. I'm going to feel that way a little bit, but I'll push it aside. But sometimes there's conflicts in the relationship because relationship breaking apart can be a way of a family breaking apart. Sometimes one person really wants to go off and, and explore and discover and develop themselves and isn't wanting to pay to attend so much to the family. One person could be attracted to someone else or have an affair, which is another way for things to break up. But it's also an expression of an urge for self-actualization because this is the urge that has to be honored in order to make the transition from first stage into third stage. It's no longer just about nurturing others. It's about discovering oneself and discovering one's larger potentials because a third stage Cancerian or two third stage Cancerians are about the larger family, the human family, the, the earth itself. You know, a third stage Cancer makes an incredible environmentalist. 
third stage cancers can be politically active. They're, they're doing something that has to do with our larger world and our larger family of humanity or our larger family of all of life on earth itself. In order to be taking those larger steps, you have to know who you are. You have to have a sense that your own drives and desires and ideas need to be discovered and explored and, and, and focused on. So if there's, you know, the, the uh, potential of affairs or, you know, conflicts, it's often because there's this conflict within the person ver ver that based on should I put myself aside to nurture my family or should I discover and explore myself and be free? And for third stage cancer, it's important to realize you can do it all. You don't have to feel like there's an opposition between all of this. Third stage cancers can be very family oriented or they can just be purpose oriented. It doesn't really matter. But if you're in an existing family situation and you're hitting this wall, it, I think you're meant, if you're gonna go to third stage, you're gonna bring your family with you basically. Another thing that can be happening that's an indication that a couple is at the end of first stage is if there's external threats to the family. And this could mean being in an environment where there's, a, where there's political upheaval and violence. It can mean that there's possibly extended relatives who are, who are creating massive problems. And again, there, the, another element of third stage cancer is that they're miracle workers because they know they know how to be in contact with a higher level of spiritual understanding and to surrender to it while focusing on what really matters in life. Because the purpose of cancer is to nurture what is most precious in life. And in order to do that on a larger scale or to do that most effectively, it's done in partnership with spirit. And so a, a, a couple who are in, this, in, in a, you know, a, a situation where there's massive upheaval, faith, true living faith, which is, allows the, an individual or a couple to be in contact with that higher form of consciousness and that higher state of consciousness, which is within us and around us at all times, and is the source of miracles. Miracles are a natural human inheritance. They're not something that just happened in the Bible a long time ago. They're something we're all here to do. <laughs> so, that's the piece, if, if that's what they're experiencing is their particular experience of the end of first stage cancer, if that is the piece that they're, that they're being confronted with, then that means that's the, that's the facet of third stage cancer that's their first step into third stage cancer, which is that living relationship with, with a creative, nurturing spiritual force that will protect and preserve and free your family from, from whatever dangers threaten it. The other way that, another indication that, that um, a couple would be coming to the end of third stage cancer would be if one of their children becomes very difficult and may have even been born difficult. And it's, you know, in our society, there is such a strong belief that children turn out the way they do because of their parents. It's a huge lie. <laughs> Certainly there's an, there's an influence there, but the spiritual reality is that children choose their parents so children have already chosen those, that kind of environment for a purpose. And if they're wanting to work out a negative pattern, wanting to express that, experience that, they might choose parents that would cultivate that for them, but that is still their responsibility. Uh, and as well, we have this 
bias in our society that souls come in and they're little blank slates. And it's all up to the parents to make sure they turn out properly, to fill in that blank slate and make it become what it's supposed to become. And they're not blank slates. We are eternal, immortal souls. We have a long history before we're even born into this current lifetime. And the things we bring in are, are sometimes they can't be changed. They shouldn't be changed in, in most cases. And sometimes it's gonna take time to work through certain issues. Souls all experience phases where they go through three or four lifetimes worth of real crap. And at the end of it, there's the reason for that experience, it becomes known. And it, it's, all been for, it's, all, it's all been for a certain specific goal or a certain specific purpose. But in the short run, certain people can make a big mess. <laughs> so, you know, I, I did work with a couple who were both cancers for second stage, and they did have a child who just tore the whole family apart. And they were so confused and wondering what did we do wrong? And, and you know, what, you know what, what could we have done differently? And the reality is sometimes there isn't anything you could have done differently. And it's, it's, it really does create this question of, well, what is the real meaning of life and what are the causes? Because again, first stage Cancerians, their whole goal is nurturing family and, and giving to them and making sure they turn out beautifully. So they're gonna be a lot more prone to this cultural bias that it's all their responsibility. And it's very important, all Cancerians, when family breaks apart at the end of first stage or threatens to break apart at the end of first stage, if they cross road, they can avoid that, but otherwise it will break apart one way or another. They're, they're, it's really important for them to ultimately either in that, as that, as that stress is occurring or once they finally are able to heal themselves to, after they've gone through second stage and are going into third stage, to release themselves of any sense of over overemphasized responsibility for what happened. Because all parents will feel responsible when something bad or painful happens to their child. It's just a natural reaction outside of cultural conditioning. And it's, it's really important for them to question just like my clients did well why did this happen what's really going on and yes we have these feelings but there's a part of the intuition that says yeah but wait a minute i just don't know if i'm completely 100 percent responsible for what happened here which is the truth it's it's not the way it, it, it's usually not the way it was now sometimes we took actions that 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 you know people people responded to with pain <laughs> so sometimes we do have to forgive ourselves for the things that we've done or the things that have happened but primarily, it's never 100% the Cancerian's fault or responsibility. So that third opportunity to crossroad is, is, an, is an opportunity to understand, well, what are our real responsibilities in life? How, on a spiritual level, do, does our growth and evolution as human beings in this world really operate? We're not... We're not so responsible for everything around us. And of course we are responsible, on another level we are responsible for everything around us in the sense that certainly we want to express ourselves with the highest level of integrity and love in every situation. And at the same time, everybody else has their own responsibility to maintain their state of consciousness and take responsibility for their own emotional reactions in life because Many people can go through the same kind of experience and they're all going to react to it differently. So the more we are consciously aware of being 
our creative source in our own lives. And the more we take responsibility for our own emotional reactions and not take them out on others, the more we're going to go through this in a clean way. And not some people are not so traumatized by horrible things because they have this deeper sense of understanding. They have contact with the eternal. And this is what this is the goal for all of us. But a couple who is at that first, second stage transition with a very difficult child, when they've always, everything else has worked beautifully and harmoniously, they often have other children that are wonderful, the whole family's great, except for this one person that, that just blew it all apart. And when there is a spiritual understanding of all of this and a, and a sense of love and understanding, it's kind of that, you know, that, that prayer, the serenity prayer to, you know, give me, give, give me this, I don't remember how it goes right now, but it's a, specifically, but it's about having the strength and the, and the wisdom to accept the things you can't change. Once you have that, then, then things start to transform and start to settle. So those are the three ways that a couple gets the understanding and the knowledge to go towards third stage. And when I get to third stage, I'll, I'll explain a little more about what a third stage couple is doing. And that, that is more of what these this couple will do once they've gone into third stage together. Now, couples in second stage cancer. Second stage cancer happens when the family has blown apart in some way. And if, if you're still in the lifetime where it happened, you, you're in the beginning of second stage, but you can also be born into second stage and not consciously remember this big trauma of losing the family. But there are characteristics, whether it's a person born into second stage or a person who moved into second stage in this lifetime, they all have certain characteristics in common. One is a sense of guilt, strong sense of guilt, a fear of something bad happening to the people you love, family members. A lot of second stage cancers as children, if they're, if they're parents went away for a trip, they'd often be worried, is something bad gonna to happen to my parents? Are they gonna die, am I gonna lose them? And it comes from this subconscious memory that this happened before and <clears throat> don't want it to happen again. Oh my God, it's gonna happen again. The other thing that's often the case is feeling overly responsible for family, but in second stage, people are born into families that are not naturally harmonious. There are a lot of negative emotional traits. There's an enormous amount of manipulation. And so this is this constant war going on, on an emotional level. And the poor second stage cancerian is either going to feel completely responsible for everybody else's upsets and feel like they have to look after everybody. And they're running around, you know, like, like a deer in the headlights all the time, trying to fix things and easily manipulated by their family, or they will just, they will develop armor. And I mean, eventually most of them have to develop this armor because you can't spend three or four lifetimes running around like a, like, like a deer in the headlights, looking after everybody else and freaking out. It's just, you'll just, you, you just shatter it. It's not possible or it's rarely possible. So many second stage cancerians will develop all kinds of, of protections and um, covering and armor, but underneath all of this, there's a, there's, they're feeling like they are abandoning ship when I mean, they should not abandon ship. So there is a, a, a poor self-esteem underneath the surface. And at the same time, there's this also this sense, well, why should I be made to feel responsible for everybody else? And so there's this double, this double like a split personality almost. It's not really a split personality, but there's these two sides to the person that are coexisting. So there's the guilty side that is always there that that's doesn't, I don't really like myself because I'm bad. 
And then there's the part that says, well, I don't really like other people either because they're bad because they ask too much from me. And so that's, the, that's another sort of type of second stage cancer. And it's not easy to be in that situation or to be that person. And it's also not easy to be in a relationship with that person. And the other thing that happens is that partnership is full of lots of conflict within the person as well, because on a subconscious level, the partner subconsciously is represents someone I can have a family with, which is that the dream come true for first stage cancer. And again, the, the more giving deer in a headlights kind of second stage cancer still wants that. They still want to have a family and they're still kind of hoping that this time they can have a happy family. They'll leave behind the unhappy family somehow, even though the unhappy family is constantly interfering with the, with the new family if they're starting to create it. But they're still hopeful. And the other type of second stage cancer is very cynical and feels like, yeah, well, I don't know if I really want to be in a partnership because yes, it does mean family, but that is how I'll lose myself. And so there's an ambivalence about commitment that certain cancerians have. And some of them, also there is a, there is a double archetype for what relationship means, especially as a second stage cancer moves more towards second, third stage. Because on a subconscious level, again, a partner means one of two things to a second or second, third stage cancerian. Number one, someone I can create a family with. Number two, someone I can learn about myself with and self-actualize through. And there's many times this split, split archetype. Even at the end of first stage cancer, the cancerian who has, a, who has an affair, who, get, who breaks the family up to get involved with someone else, they're actually moving towards that second archetype of partnership. This is the person I can travel the world with. This is the person I can experience all kinds of joy and freedom and discover new things and find out who I really am. I leave behind my, my dull, boring partner that's changing diapers. Yay. <laughs> so there's these two pieces and it can create, there can be that reoccurrence again of, of committing to relationships, having someone on the side or committing to relationships, breaking up the relationship again, replaying the family breakups, replaying a lot of messiness. So you can often find two Cancerians getting together in second stage. One's the starry eyed deer in the headlights and the other one is the armored cynic. And the armored cynic wants to be loved for who I am and will play enormous amount of manipulative games with the other person. And the, and the other Cancerian is continually trying to please, still trying to put out fires just like they've always done. And it, it, they can go on like that for many, many years because the starry-eyed type will keep hoping that it will work out and actually the cynic will, do, will too. But anytime their starry-eyed person starts to feel like, not for all of them, for many of them, whenever that starry-eyed person starts to feel like, like a ball and chain, they may step out. This person may cheat a lot. Um, now, we're not talking about polyamorous relationships because the, they're usually not a, a functional part of second stage. If a person is going to sort of announce that they're polyamorous when they're in the middle of what was a monogamous committed relationship and say, I don't care about your feelings, that's not a healthy response <laughs> to, that, to that relationship choice or to that, 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 um, you know, that form of expression. You can get healthy polyamorous relationships in second, third stage, and third stage. You can have healthy monogamous relationships in those stages too. So when a person goes into second, third stage, the difference between early second, third stage, and second stage, there is only one difference. 
because in early second, third stage, you've got the same messiness that I've described in second stage, but the difference is the second, third stage person is really looking for the truth. Above all else, they want to understand why is this happening? What can I do to change it? What can I do to change myself? Not necessarily change the other person, because if you're going to look for a recipe to change your partner, but you're not willing to think about, gee, what part do I have to play in all of this? You're still in second stage. <laughs> in second, third stage, it's, it's all about pulling out of these old negative patterns. And so two second, third stage cancers will be coming together to discover themselves. And a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them choose not to have children, not to have family, because they've done that for so many lifetimes. And they really need to get their own identity strong and clear. They need to understand their spiritual lives, they need to, usually there's a certain challenges around developing spirituality in second, third stage cancer because second stage cancers have often experienced a lot of negative invasions, things that hurt their family. And, and spirituality is something that initially can feel like it sort of invades us and there's a real, real resistance to that. So second, third stage cancers often need an emotionally based or earth based kind of spiritual path. Again, not all of them, but many of them, because that can come from within and is more in alignment with who they are and they're able to, to open themselves up and experience it correctly that way. So they're, they're, they, they come together with an interest possibly in changing the world together too. That's moving towards that third stage cancer. So to develop themselves and to um, expand their spiritual life and to take, take, begin to take the steps to change the world because third stage cancers do change the world in a very positive way. And this is the pathway towards that. Third stage cancers, we, we automatically, in third stage cancer. So the, the cross-roading first, second stage cancers that went from first stage to third stage, cancers that went through second third stage when they're together in third stage whether they find themselves in third stage or they get there from these uh, these other two paths they as i mentioned as i start to mention with second third stage this is a couple who very much like a first stage cancer couple their own interpersonal challenges and negativities are going to take a back seat to the goals they have for the world so this is a couple that works together on some specific project or projects that have to do with the welfare of the world, the welfare of the earth, the welfare of humanity, you know, whether it's humanitarian on some level or environmental, or they have strong political values, which can of course cover those bases in their own way. They're going to be working together just like they did in first stage. And a lot of people will spend time together as in, in these various stages, in previous lifetimes, they had the experiences of the other stages, and by third stage, they really finally got it all together. And so there's a huge, tremendous joy and a tremendous fulfillment for a couple because they both know how long it's been to get to this point. Even if they start out as young teenagers together, they still have that feeling of this took us so long to get here, and there's a tremendous amount of gratitude for what we're able to express and experience here. They can be very deep mystics together. That's another element of third stage cancer. So we have, we have some happy finally riding off into the sunset and making a big difference for other people in third stage cancer together. Now, we have crossing the affinity barrier. Third stage cancers and first stage cancers can get together in relationships. And in this case, we have the third stage cancerian 
who is off out doing big things and changing the world and still wants a family. And they will draw a first stage cancer to them who loves them dearly and thinks, wow, you're doing this beautiful stuff in the world and we're having a great family. That's the thing that really matters. So you have, you really would have the one cancerian is the more hands-on parent and the other cancerian is out in the world more. And that it, you know, again, this can be a same sex relationship or it can be any gender combination. You don't necessarily have a little wifey at home with the kids. You could have a little house husband at home with the kids, but, um, and it, and it would not, it would not be an imbalance in any way because each soul is fulfilling their, their particular purpose for where they're at right now for themselves. So we have the one just more internally behind the four walls with the family and the other one out there in the world. And that, that can work out quite nicely. The other thing that can happen is at the end of first stage cancer, if a crossroading cancer or, you know, a cancer starting to move into second stage can attract a third stage cancer as well. And that, that, in that case, we have a, a gatekeeper. And a gatekeeper is the term I use for when somebody fulfills the role of showing a person at first, second stage what the possibility is so that they don't have to go down through second stage and go through all the long-term, several lifetimes worth of mess. So a third stage cancer makes an excellent gatekeeper for a first, second stage cancer. So the first, second stage cancer, there's all this upheaval. They don't understand. They may have had their partner run off on them and their family blow apart. I had this beautiful, wonderful family and my partner just disappeared and it's destroying my children and it's destroying me. And along comes a third stage cancerian who can help this person have a, have a spiritual understanding of why this was going on and why this was happening help them open themselves up to a larger world and help them assist their children to understand what's going on so they're not so traumatized. You essentially have the third stage cancer rescuing the first, second stage cancerian. Now, occasionally the first, second stage cancerian will still start, stay in their own negative emotional reactions and the two will, will, will separate because a third stage cancer isn't really going to spend much time with a second stage cancer. The third stage cancer won't, won't grieve it very much because they have a bigger reality. But more often when a third stage cancer gets involved with a first, second stage cancer, it's an indication that that first, second stage cancer is capable of making that change. A second, third stage cancer can also get involved with a first, second stage cancer and be their gatekeeper. Now, the, the likelihood of success is generally directly related to how far ahead in second third stage the cancerian the second third stage cancer is and this is because in second in second third stage there is this achilles heel in when it comes to relationships that all second third stage people have and that's that because second third stage lasts a very short time it's one to four decades which from the vantage point of the soul is a very short time sure doesn't feel like it to the personality but it is a short time we spend three or four lifetimes in second stage. And so when we fall in love, we fall in love from, with the subconscious. We don't sit down and say, oh yes, there's a good person. Hey, they, they tick all my boxes. Hey, I'm gonna fall in love with them. Because the conscious mind has no control over that. And that's why people often say, well, why is it 
that I, there's this wonderful person here I have no feelings for, and I'm involved with this messy person in this terrible situation, and I love them so much. What is wrong with me? Well, what is, it's not what's wrong with a person, but it's what's going on in, what, in their subconscious contents. And so we tr as we transform the subconscious contents, we then transform our experience, but it takes time to transform the subconscious. So the subconscious in a second, third stage person has been used to, where do you find your mate? Well, you find your mate in second stage. For three or four lifetimes, I went to second stage and I found my mate in second stage. So a second, third stage person may be attracted to a first, second stage person because they got some second stage traits, but they got the chance to maybe pull themselves out of that. And they've got still got some more stable, positive first stage traits. So the second, third stage person who's also kind of molting can be hopeful that maybe together we can sort this out. And sometimes we can. It's it, A second, third stage person can be a successful gatekeeper for a first, second stage person. It is, it is a little dicey at times though. And sometimes it can just be the second, third stage person's lesson of being able to let people go and let people do what they need to do because people are gonna go in their own path of evolution and there's nothing we can do about that past a certain point. But in many cases it will work. And the two of them, if a, a relationship between a first, second stage cancer and a second, third stage cancer can be really, really positive and constructive because they're, they're sitting at the two opposing ends of, of a very turbulent, ugly river full of pollution and all kinds of bits of broken sticks and broken furniture floating down the river. And they can give each other a different vantage point and together get, fat, get into third stage more rapidly than they otherwise would if it works out. It can be really interesting. So... Then a first, second stage cancer can get involved with a second stage cancer. And this is more often the first, second stage cancerian has an affair with a second stage cancerian. And the second stage cancerian is the messy, nasty type who comes across very charming at first. So it can be a train wreck, basically. If, if somebody leaves their family and leaves their peaceful, happy, but boring partnership for this exciting, turbulent intriguing because we're intrigued by people who are ahead of us in our development a person who is in the thick of second stage is ahead of a person who's at the end of first stage so they can you it's easy to put them on a pedestal and they love being put on a pedestal wow someone who understands me and they feel yeah this is a person who's going through something i went through in the past but a second stage person won't look beneath the surface and they will not question themselves. And so you can't have a functional relationship with a destructive second stage person. So that will be the messy experience that the person will probably find out too late. Well, I really shouldn't have left my partner for this person because it turned out pretty horrible. And then the guilt of second stage kicks in and you know you can always still try to go to third stage. If, if this is sounding familiar, you, you're not lost yet but many people don't have access to this knowledge and they will slip further into second stage, unfortunately. So another way the affinity barrier gets crossed is I, I somewhat addressed when I talked about second, third stage cancers getting attracted to first, second stage cancers because it's very common for a second, third stage cancer to be attracted to a second stage cancer. And that is, that is tricky. And even, even a 
even someone who's in very early second, third stage still has an awful lot of second stage to them. And a person in later second, third stage can be like a person in second, third stage being involved with second stage cancer. So second stage cancer, they're in their own emotional reactions, they blame other people, they can be manipulative, they can be very attractive because they're still wanting to find some way to get their emotional needs met, but they will not learn or grow. And they, and and there's a rule in relationships that a relationship is only as psychologically healthy as the least psychologically healthy participant in the relationship. So this means that in any romantic relationship, quote unquote, they'll drag us down to their own level. So this is why it's so important to be in a relationship with someone who is at our same level of development or very close to it, because otherwise we have, we have that experience of getting pulled backwards. And you know, people can even get pulled backwards into a lot of second stage processes and experiences if, if they let this happen. And you, you can't save someone that is in second stage. They'll just kind of make your life miserable. And I would, I would refer you to the, um, is your heart being broken by a cancerian? That, that, that particular recording, whether it's whether you're listening to a, um, a podcast or whether you're, you're watching this on YouTube, I would refer you to that if you're having challenges with second stage cancer and you are in second, third stage and you are in second, third stage if you're searching for answers and you're willing to change yourself and you're really questioning and very open to learning about life. That's, that's the definition of a person in, in second, third stage. And, and also if things are still painful, <laughs> second, third stage isn't always painful, but it's got a lot of pain through various parts of the process. You will get through it. You will get to the point where you are in third stage and there's this stable sense of overall happiness, even with some, there's always some challenges in life, but third stage is very different from second, third stage, and you will get there <laughs> if that's where you are right now. So I think that covers all of the combinations and all of the stages. If you're in that second, third stage cancer with a second stage cancer, go find yourself a second, third stage person of any sign <laughs> because it's, you don't want to bang your head against the wall. And I guess I will talk to you next time.